pursuing relationship on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Coat. This is the place where we pursue relationship on purpose. And relationship is important for uh, many reasons, not just for developing uh, trusted places, safe places to grow and to change, but also to come out of things that may have held us captive for years. And this is the story of my guest today. Jason Davis will be joining me a little bit later in the program. We're going to be discussing coming out of addiction, coming out of a place of darkness and into the light and how relationship played a pivotal role in making that possible. You know, I always say our testimony is the truth. It's the gospel. It's the finished work of Christ. It's his story, not our story. You know, growing up in the church, I heard guest speakers and evangelists come to the church and tell their story as if it were their testimony testimony is really testifying to the truth. You know, Jesus stood before Pilate and Pilate asked him, are you a king? And Jesus said, you said it, (laughs) not me, right? He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, then my followers would come defend me. And Pilate responded with, so you are a king. And Jesus said, for this reason, I came into the world. For this reason, I was born to testify to the truth. Pilate turned away and said, what is truth? You know, in our day and age, in our culture, truth has become relative. You have your truth and I have my truth, but there is really only one truth. It is the word of God. It is Jesus himself. And he brought that truth everywhere he went. In fact, he corrected wrong thinking all the time. He began many rebuttals with verily, verily. It means truly, truly, or amen, amen. It's confirmed, it's confirmed. This is the ultimate truth. This is the heart of the matter. You say, but the truth is. And then he would begin to lay out wisdom from heaven and the heart of the Father in every single teaching moment. One of my favorite teaching moments is in Matthew chapter 5, right after the Beatitudes, he begins to talk about loving your enemies and blessing those that curse you, doing good to those that despitefully use you. You know, a lot of times it's very difficult for people to overcome offense because of the way they've been treated or perceived to have been treated. And they hold people accountable. They hold people accountable for things that may not have even been in their hearts. And so when we approach people that way and we hold them accountable and we hold them to a higher standard and we don't see them at their greatest potential as our Father sees us through the blood of Jesus, we begin to judge them and we begin to dis credit them and discount them. And it's unfortunate because that perception of their greatest value of their greatest potential is what really can pull them out of that dark place that they may be in. You know, part of my story, not my testimony, but my story was that I was caught up in addiction for a long time. I was lost in darkness, self-gratifying, and I served myself for many, many years. And the Lord showed up in my life without my permission and rescued me. He arrested me. He brought me out of the darkness and into the light. 
And I'm thankful for the relationships that I found along the way that didn't judge me, that didn't uh, see the worst in me, but saw the best in me, saw the potential in me, called me up higher. I've got many friends along the way that have done that for me and really saw more in me than I saw in myself and believed that I was of value and that I had potential to become everything and more than I have. And so today we're going to be talking about that journey. We're going to be talking about that responsibility that we have toward others to be that relationship, to be available, to be present, even though they may not want relationship in the moment. So when I come back, we're going to be sitting down with Jason Davis on the Encounter Culture Podcast. Stick around. Encounter Culture is more than just a podcast. It's a community movement of pursuing relationship on purpose. We steward this movement with Encounter, points of contact where believers can come together and build relationships through community conferences, incense rising, 24 hours of expression and encounter, house fires, regional gatherings and homes, extended living room worship, and family style ministry. We also steward it through culture, like this podcast, with weekly vision casting, stewarding the heart of our region, inspiring and giving resources. Echo, the publishing arm of Encounter Culture, producing a regional sound, songwriting sessions, recording and distribution projects, and through treasure hunts, monthly regional outreach, activation in ministry, prophecy, and evangelism. One of the best ways to connect and become involved is to sign up for our monthly newsletter, check out our upcoming events, and find out how we can pursue relationship together on purpose at EncounterCulture.us. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. So good to have Jason Davis in the studio with me, JD. JD. What's happening, man? <laughs> Not much. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. And so Jason and I, we do a little bit of ministry together at our local gathering place and just gotten to know you over the last few months. And mm-hmm. you're now working full time there at the church. And for those folks that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from and, and what you're doing. Well, my name's Jason Davis, or J.D. Michaels, as I go by online. I'm from southwest Missouri. I've went through Adult and Teen Challenge of the four states, um, worked there for about two years, was there three years altogether. That's where my ministry life started, was through that program. Uh, from there, went into some world missions, and uh, then I went to, to work at Joplin Family Worship Center, serving under Pastor Dan, and just doing everything that I can for the Lord and being a servant of Jesus. It's awesome, man. It is. You know, I've got an extensive background in working with people that are recovering from addictions and mm-hmm. different uh, habitual lifestyles that need some uh, work and development and discipleship, and... Uh, it requires you really laying down your life and going after relationship on purpose. Being an ex-addict myself, I know, man, you don't want to be rescued all the time. No. And so talk to us a little bit about what relationship means to you, man. You know, relationship for me, what it means now to me is way different than what it meant to me before my transformation in Christ in, in 2018. And, you know, if I go back to looking where I was then, um, and where I'm at now, you know, relationship back then was me and myself and what I wanted to do in this world. And there was no Jesus factor in it. I was trying to seek my religion in that moment of life, trying to figure out who I was. And 
when I had that transformation in Christ um, from addictions to the altar in 2018, it really transformed my life to begin to see that there was a higher purpose for me, that a relationship was always there with me. And it wasn't just relationship in the way of what we look at in a worldly view, but it was a relationship with, with Jesus. Like He never left me. He was always there with me. And he was pulling me in even more to him. And in that transformation moment, the relationship of what true love really looked like from the hands of our Father really began to transform my life, who I was in Christ, but also how I began to see uh, my family and my loved ones and those around me, how I began to really seek more of of what that purpose was to grow into an even deeper relationship with Christ through those steps forward I took. So what changed? What was the transformation that happened in you as you began to pursue the Lord more and have a personal relationship with Him? How did that affect your other relationships? You know, it it's a change of heart. You know, uh, it's a change of how we see ourselves and the perspective that we have. And so that change when it happened, um, I began to notice that forgiveness was a really big factor in that change. I, I had to learn that in order for me to have relationship, I had to forgive. And I, it's not just about seeking forgiveness from those that we hurt, but it's going to our Father with it, you know, and saying, I forgive these people that hurt me. And seeking Father's forgiveness over those I hurt, and then forgiving myself. And once I learned forgiveness, it's really when relationship really started for me. Because I was able to let all bitterness go, all hurt, all anger, and the resentment of, of those who were close to me and the questions that I had, uh, the Lord just put this peace on me. And He began to transform my thought pattern even more into a deeper well of His love that really began to pull me into those around me. And, and as I walked in forgiveness and as I walked in true love, they began to see that change. It's something that they see in you. It's, it's something that the Lord does through you that people, it's like that light, you know, that light that we have. They begin to see that change, and they begin to see, when they see it, even in your family, they're like, whoa, I noticed something. There's something different about that person. There's something different about him. Uh, and, and it begins to infect their lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always say common union breeds common unity. Mm-hmm. Our communion with God breeds community. Yes. And not just that his image is attractive mm-hmm. to others, but it also helps us represent or represent him better. Yes. You know, as we spend time with him, our source, then we begin to reflect his image even more. Absolutely. What's the importance of pursuing those relationships on purpose? Say you're going after somebody that wants to be left alone to, to serve themselves and God puts them on your heart mm-hmm. and you're going after them. They don't really want to be pursued Mm -hmm. you know in those moments being where i've been at uh, through adult and teen challenge ministry and being there for two years you know you really have to understand that people have to get to a breaking point and they're going to get to a breaking point they're going to get to rock bottom Um, usually when they're at rock bottom they're ready and that's for anybody really no matter what they're struggling with no matter where they're at in life or their walk with god or not um, when you're trying to pursue them you get to them at that moment. The biggest thing for me now where I'm at is 
always being there to listen, if they're not being receptive to you, if they don't want you to pursue them, them to know that your presence is there and and to listen is the biggest turning point for somebody's life because they know that they can then feel more comfortable and safe to start talking to you if you're just going to listen and not try to bring them out immediately of that moment. Because technically, it's not us that bring them out. It's Jesus. So as Jesus works in their lives, we are that ambulance there, just ready to listen and to care for them as the Lord works in their lives. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the church may not even deal with somebody that that is in a, a harmful lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times you see those kinds of folks get thrown away yeah. by the church and uh, it's it's heartbreaking. We live by uh, a gospel that says no one gets thrown away, everyone has the same price tag. Yes. You know, everyone has the same value. It's the cost of Christ's blood, mm-hmm. you know. So tell us a little bit about the compassion that God has put in your own heart toward misfits or or throwaways (laughs) you know if i go back to where i was and you know teen challenge and through even the walk where i'm at today you know there's not a time that goes by that i don't encounter somebody who uh, you can tell is struggling with addictions sometimes they're hidden sometimes they're not i know that there's been countless times encounters that i've had and i was able to tell them, hey, I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like. And the times I've told my testimony to those individuals, it begins to change the atmosphere because they don't look at me as, oh, he's never experienced what I went through. But when I tell them that I was a drug addict, you know, that I used to be on heroin and meth, that I used to be an alcoholic, that a pill addict, all these things, it begins to transform their lives. Now they don't look at me as I'm going to judge them. Now they look at me, I've been in the same boat as them. It begins to plant a seed inside of them that transforms their lives. Those are the moments that the Lord um, has really pushed me into the area to caring more for our community because we can pass by people every day. The ones standing on the corner holding the sign say, I'll work for food or I need this, I need that. Um, If we show them compassion and the love of Jesus, it will ultimately begin to plant a seed that changes their life. It may not happen that moment. It may take weeks. It may take years. But it's that seed that was planted by by us and uh, that, that Jesus has really pushed through me in these recent weeks and months in the past few years. Yeah, I find often that the Holy Spirit will just bring somebody to mind, somebody that maybe I've discipled along the way and they've drifted off or, or gone back to old habits. Like you said, always being available, being that open door, and just reaching out. You know, yes. it's important that we're sensitive to Holy Spirit's leading whenever people are brought to our hearts, that we just reach out and let them know, hey, I'm here. Absolutely. And love you, you know. And I've had many, many people that have drifted out of my life just mm-hmm. out of the blue, hit me up on my phone or show up at my house and say, hey, I knew that you would be the one person that I could talk to. Yeah. And that's simply because you continue to make yourself available. That's right. You know, when you're thinking about relationships and when we're thinking about the love of God and who we are, uh, the thing that comes to mind really is in John 15, when he talks about the greatest commandment is love and it talks about relationship and the love builds in the relationship with those around me and those I encounter, whether it's my family, whether it's friends, whether it's, you know, community within the, the congregation, it's all founded on love. 
Yeah, Paul actually writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 5. He says, the goal of our instruction is love. That mm-hmm. comes from a clear conscience, a genuine faith, and a sincere heart. Yes. It's like the trinity of love, mm-hmm. clear conscience, sincere heart, genuine faith. Yes. You can't have one without the other. That's right. Really, you can't have a sincere heart unless you have a clear conscience and genuine faith. And they're all interchangeable. Yes. You know, coming out of a past where I abused myself and I did relationship horribly. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I both can look back on our past and say, man, that was a totally different person. Yeah. And the enemy would like to bring shame and guilt and condemnation as often and as heavy as he could. Can we just kind of divert from the conversation of relationship just for a minute to kind of address the idea of how did you come to a place of a clear conscience, a sincere heart, and a genuine faith? You know, for me, it's the commitment to serve, the commitment to become available, the making that vow to serve Him. In that moment, it wasn't just those words, those words that I said of my heart. My heart was completely taken from hardness to a soft beating flesh. But it was fully surrendering, fully being baptized, seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit on September 13th as well. I didn't know what I was doing, but I said, and fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and He did. And that's really when it began to change. I began to see everything so much clearer. Everything began to really transform. And in that moment... The Lord began to show me where He was every step of the way before my transformation from when I was a child going through abuse, from all the things that I encountered through my life, that He was there with me. And then He began to speak to me, and He showed me where in those moments, the audible voice of the Lord I heard at nine years old, and how I would run like Jonah. And it was just like a whole night and day switch. Everything became clear to me. I began to hear, I began to see, and I began to understand that what my life really was supposed to be like, but the choices I made is where I went. And from that moment forward, everything has been just moving forward with the Lord Uh, walking fully in relation with Him, diving through my prayer life, through fasting, through giving of my time and my talents, through all aspects of what He's called us to. And when I made that commitment and that vow is when He began to show me more of what relationship really was. So you're telling me that praying and fasting and working really hard and trying to do the right things won't get you closer to the Lord, but getting closer to the Lord, all those things flow out of that? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's amazing when you devote that time um, through the prayer life, through the fasting moments, through the giving of everything that we have. You know, it was funny when I was in, in the program, I just felt the Lord say, get rid of everything and follow me. And I never read the Bible before Adult and Teen Challenge, so I didn't know everything that I was doing until I read the Bible, you know, started reading the Bible there. But I got rid of everything. I sold my vehicle. I got rid of most of all my stuff and said, okay. And and I told my family, I said, the Lord told me to get rid of everything. And he would take care of me because of the vow and the commitment I made to serve him the rest of my life, you know, to follow him, to throw my net down and go, you know. And, and that really has transformed my life to relationship of where I am today. So how do you steward that with not just people in the church mm-hmm. and not just those that you're uh, helping to disciple, mm-hmm. but how do you do that in everyday life with people that come into your path? You know, 
the biggest thing that I walk through each day is you got to show love to everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they're at or what crosses your path. You know, greeting them with love of all aspects, they see Jesus through you. That's what you want them to see is, is see the Jesus through you, that they have that encounter, that they don't see you as who you are, but they see Jesus through you. It's ultimate love and, and not ever steering away from that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a ministry of love. Um, and, and that's what our goal is, is, and my goal is, is to be out there and, and encounter the people who are the less fortunate no matter where we're at. Um, you know, that's what Jesus would do, and that's what we're called to do. So it's all by love. That's right, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and being Thank with you. me today and just sharing your heart. It's great to hear stories and it's great to hear perspectives from folks that have just gone through it. And uh, real life transformation happens when we surrender, when we lay down our lives, not yes. only for the sake of, of knowing Him, but for the sake of others as well. Amen. Love you, man. Love you too. So good to sit down with Jason Davis and hear his heart. Uh, next week, expanding our horizons a bit. Uh, you know, whenever you're going after community and stewarding a movement that's regional, you've got to go outside, not just the four walls of your gathering place, into other camps, but also into other communities, into other areas. And um, we've reached out and built relationship with people in different communities uh, close by to us. In Nevada, Missouri, there is a church up there, Life Church, and a group of pastors up there. And we're seeing how they're connecting with other gathering places in their area and partnering with other churches. And I'm really excited to be talking with Kevin Bell and Travis Cole next week on the Encounter Culture Podcast. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you then.